This is the Integrative Entrepreneur Podcast, where it's not what you do, but how you do it. This is a podcast for entrepreneurs brought to you by entrepreneurs. We have been building a multi-million dollar healthcare business for over 10 years, and we have weaved together some of the best information for the people that are doing the best work in the business. This includes Dr. Martini, who is a master in human behavior, to Vern Harnish, who has created the methodologies of scaling up that has scaled many, many of the best businesses that we all know of. We want you to not only have a business that you love, but also a life that you love. Welcome back to another episode of the Integrative Entrepreneur Podcast. I am Dr. Nicole, and we are here with... Dr. Nick. <laughs> so we've been playing with our slogan for this podcast, and we're, we think we're changing it up, guys. We're, I think we're rolling with pretty much the quote that Dr. Nick drops in every single podcast episode. So do you care to announce? Well, and I stole it from you, so I can't really take all the credit. <laughs> But Dr. Nicole's like, you know, what's what's our tagline? What's what are we what's our slogan? I was like, it's not what you do, it's how you do it. <laughs> well, clearly the other one wasn't sticking if I couldn't remember it. So we're rolling with it's not about what you do, but it's about how you do it. Which this... which rolls in to what we're talking about today is constantly evolving. A hundred percent. So uh a couple of months ago, oh gosh, I guess it's almost a year ago now, we did a Pot, or I'm sorry, a webinar at the peak of the pandemic, and it was Evolve or Die. <laughs> Very intense uh, episode. But it was extremely important because this wasn't necessarily just, you know, my opinion, but it was something that really came to the forefront of so many things that I've learned and read through, you know, following people like Keith Cunningham and Jim Collins. Jim Collins is the author of Good to Great, uh, Built to Last. And these were books that I remember reading, you know, when we decided to open a business. And there were aspects that obviously were very relevant in those early stages of business, but there are aspects that are not overly clear. I think it's just because you don't have the experience yet. And, you know, you're just kind of in this mindset of, well, I just got to get things going, let alone be in the mindset to create a company that is going to be the best of the best of the best in its industry. You know, and especially early on as as brand new entrepreneurs that maybe have not been entrepreneurs in the past or come from a family of entrepreneurs, you know, we're just like, I just want to get my product out there and I want to make some money and I want to like, I want to be able to get this off the ground. And you obviously want to provide a great service, but your mind is, I think, in a million different places and you're just trying to get the ball rolling. No, 100%. And it's like, when, when you're starting out, it's like you're, you're fighting to keep the doors open most of the time. And when you see that every single action that you take is, you know, jumping forward, a, a reactive mm -hmm. um, decision. So it's really not healthy uh, or in the best health for the business as well as yourself to be functioning in that cycle. So it's really about, you know, focusing on how to clearly and most efficiently evolve. And that's the thing is the biggest thing to have in your business is clarity. And when you are reactive or you are making decisions out of that place, very often you're making decisions that are throwing you backwards uh, or completely derailing from the why and the mission of the company because you're in that survival mode. And, you know, 
there are many businesses and even students that we've had come through IGI that their businesses are very comfortable. Things are going pretty good and they don't really always understand when I start probing questions of how are you making your business resilient? How are you diversifying your business? Like what would happen if social media was gone tomorrow? You know, what, like what would happen? And a lot of times they're like, I never really thought about that. I go, because unfortunately you haven't been posed with a situation that is a threat to your business yet, because it's inevitable that there is going to be a threat. And maybe that's just a competitor, but you have to be, you don't want to expect the worst, but you need to be prepared for anything. And you also need to understand is that when you take the steps to think bigger about your business and make it pandemic proof or or make it foolproof is that you're actually setting yourself apart in your industry. And that's not just because you have the best ads on the market and you know you're all over social media and you have great retargeting. It's because people are going out and talking about your business and they're talking about it in a way that why would you go anywhere else? You have to go to this place. And it's because everything that you're doing is one step ahead of your industry or your competition. And people feel that. It's not that you have to parade around with t-shirts saying like how awesome you are. It's just people acknowledge the ability for a business to have a big vision and to also stay in integrity with that vision. Yeah. it's. I mean, when you start out, you know, just jumping back, it's like, well, if you're focusing on keeping the doors open, if you're focused on money, you're not focusing on service. Mm-hmm. And if you're not focusing on serving, you're not growing. And which comes back to that, you know, evil C word that you said earlier, comfortability. So, <laughs> comfortability. comfortability. Nick likes to make his own words sometimes. That might be a word, but I think it's just comfort. <laughs> Com- com- I'm going to stay with comfortability. It's definitely not a word. What was the other word you made up the oh, other day? I make day? words up every single day. I don't even know what it was, but I, we were just like, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> so when you're comfortable... You're, I mean, and that's, it's, it's a, it's a shitty mindset because when you start out and you're under so much stress and you're just like, I can't wait till I'm comfortable and I can take a breath. But when you realize that's a fantasy, but we'll get into that later. (laughs) Comfortability (laughs) is the death of growth. It's the death of evolving because when we're comfortable, we're not challenging ourselves. I mean, it's easily put, you know, you could see on exercise, you know, you go out and you get in great shape, but then you become comfortable with it. You didn't, you're not going to continue taking the actions, the workouts, the pain that you put yourself through to look good, to be in great shape. And running a business is very similar. It's like if you get to a point and you're comfortable, it's you're going to start going backwards instead of continually going forwards, which on a previous podcast, I talked about success and how I I don't use the word success in my vocabulary because once you, in my mind, once you achieve success, there's there's nothing else. Like that's the end all be all. So I don't think I'm never going to be successful um, because I always want to continue to grow and continue to evolve and continue to have more, continue to be more, um, just and continue to do more. But I think it's like taking the step back and also defining both success and comfort because one thing that I want to make really, really clear is that this is not about you having to constantly be sacrificing yourself and and not have quality of life to run a business. Like that's definitely not what we're describing when we're saying, you know, don't get comfortable, but it's 
it's really about always continuing to grow yourself, but also make those tweaks and, and modifications and, and growth choices in your business to make it better and better so that you can stay ahead of the curve and be resilient in the market and not have to live in fear that anything or, or anyone could take out your business tomorrow. And I think that's a really important delineation is that this doesn't mean that as the business owner and the entrepreneur that you need to suffer because unfortunately, uh, one of our other podcasts is, you know, are you in a toxic relationship with your business? Are you addicted to the stress hormones of running a business? And I know that that's many individuals and it was, I will speak for myself, it was 100% me. I, I didn't know how to relax at all. So um, I definitely want to make it known that actually when you are in that more calm place and you're thinking more clearly because you have that quality of personal life, you actually are so much more strategic about the growth, the automation, the the refinement of your business. No, and, it ha and that's a win-win relationship. You know, when you talk about you serving yourself you serving the business, the business serving itself, the business serving you is, you know, being able to be strategic and be able to set those standards and those guidelines to be able to have both entities serving each other. And yeah, it's like, it's not always going to be comfortable. And you could argue the difference between comfortable and content, you know, it's mm -hmm. don't ever be comfortable because that's going to take away from the challenges that are going to lead you to growth, but you can be content with where you're at. So, you know, verbiage is, you know, a big thing that I'm always evaluating to be able to use because energy flows where attention goes and to be able to set up that attention to be able to serve yourself because so many times we're just not conscious and when we're not conscious, we're reactive. So it's always about asking those really specific questions to be able to give us those awesome returns on our thoughts to be able to allow us to make quality decisions and then, you know, foremost, crush that with action. So piggybacking off of what you're saying is I have an awesome quote from Keith Cunningham here. And this was something that just really stood out to me when I was reading his book, Road to Less Stupid. And it was just, it's really just everything we're talking about. But the quote goes, the value of planning is the clarity of being able to explain your strategy and blueprint to increase your level of financial success in the current environment which is very different from being able to explain how the current environment has impacted your level of financial success. One is planning and then the other one is justification. So when you're talking about the best and most successful uh, entrepreneurs out there, and I'm talking about not only do they have success in their business, but they also do maintain a healthy, balanced personal life and that they are not consumed by only business, 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 and they sacrifice everything on the personal side, is that they're constantly thinking ahead, thinking outside the box, and having a very broad lens vision in order to, you know, make sure that they are making the best decisions possible. And Keith Cunningham, one of the biggest things that he talks about in his books is thinking time. And if you don't carve out the time to just clear your mind and think, there's no possible way that you're going to be forward thinking as this quote describes is you're again, going back to what Nick said is you're just constantly reactive to the environment or you're justifying how the environment has impacted your business. And, you know, 
I will say that with the pandemic, there was no option to fail. There was no option to shut our doors. And I understand that we were essential in the type of business that we were in, in healthcare. But we took a major opportunity to pivot. And it wasn't just succumbing to the circumstances. And I'll give you a great story because this is, you know, you could say, oh, well, that was easy for you because you were essential and you didn't you didn't have to close your doors. But uh, good friends of ours that run a restaurant in Asbury Park, New Jersey, they opened a like speakeasy. It's a bar like that wasn't open and it wasn't going to be open for probably a really long time. So well, and they just done dumped a bunch of money into it, doing the renovations, renovations everything else. Yeah, and I, what did they only they only really had a summer that they were open. So they were definitely not in the green when it comes to the amount of money that goes into you know the creation so they pretty much decided to pivot like immediately. They didn't sit around and say, oh, my gosh, we're screwed. This place is never going to open. We're going to run out of money. And, you know, our livelihood is taken. They literally got online and started doing virtual cocktail classes. And it kind of sounded like even an odd concept to us. I was like, well, I guess, you know, people are home. They're bored. Like, you know, they're stressed. So probably could work out really well. But it ended up becoming this great success because it was getting families that were, you know, all over the world. They were coming together on this like virtual class and they were learning how to make these cocktails and they were having fun and they were having conversation. And then it turned into corporate events and they're they're killing it, literally killing it. And I don't think that they're going to actually go back to business as usual. And I, I think it was just such an inspirational story that they they didn't miss a beat. And I, I found that a lot of restaurants, bars, they, they closed for a period of time. They didn't do takeout. They didn't do any of that, which they had the ability to do. And I think that they were just like, this is bad. This is bad. This is bad. And we're just going to shut our doors. And the restaurants that pivoted and said, I'm going to just really leverage like the online ordering and the deliveries and et cetera. And then like them creating this online cocktail class, it's just amazing to see what has come out of it. And I, I honestly think their business model is better because <laughs> it's more scalable. It's definitely more scalable. And I mean, you, you take it down to the foundation of it. It's like, you know, so many businesses and as well as individuals during that time, their focus was on the finances, on the money. And mm -hmm. it, I mean, you have to have, you have to know where you're at in life. You know, you have to have those objective data points to be able, like, this is a smart decision or a bad decision. But it's like their mindset was on service. How can I continually serve? Mm -hmm. And when your mindset's on that, you're always going to have the effects of, guess what, money coming into you because you're caring enough about people to be able to give them a service to help their lives be more enjoyable, be more better, be more healthy. You fill in the blank depending on your service that you're giving to the world. But they quickly saw that, you know, when you have a quote unquote small speakeasy that holds max 25 people and then you go online and you can reach thousands and thousands and thousands of mm -hmm. people and you can reach corporations and do whole on events. And they just they tapped into literally a market that is where, where we are right now. We're in the digital age. We're in the information age. And to be able to to give people so much more than they could even experience mm -hmm. going into their speakeasy. It's a it's a pretty awesome concept. And, you know, congrats to them to be able to have the heart and the passion, really the inspiration to be able to continue mm -hmm. to give. 
Well, I think what you said is is huge because it's really uh, across many industries is you have to evolve with the times and you can't be just closed minded or ignorant to what is changing in the times. And, you know, we are in a digital age and it's very easy to sit here and say that certain industries it doesn't apply to. And you could easily even say that in the healthcare industry. But, you know, there are individuals that are still doing paper based files And, you know, that can seem like, oh, well, it's too much work to move everything online. But the amount of like time is money, people. And if you haven't figured that out yet, you know, you're going to have a rude awakening. But, you know, if you're a doctor and you're still writing everything down, like you are completely capped with the amount of patients that you can see in a day because how much of your time is getting taken up by doing these paper-based files opposed to having a computer system that can do, you know, that can speed the process up. In addition to that is how much money are you paying, uh, paying on the square footage that's holding those files? And, you know, this is the same thing in restaurants. Like restaurants, there's still places that they're writing down. And at the end of the day or the end of the shift when the individual has to give the check and it's paper written and calculated with a calculator, you know, how many errors is that resulting in that is coming down to the bottom line of cash collected that night? So we have to always be asking ourselves better questions on, you know, what is working in our business? What is not working in our business? What is, you know, a cash flow um, sucker? (laughs) Like what's eating up our cash flow? What is eating up our time, which is eating up our cash flow? And, you know, I actually have a whole list of questions that I provided during the webinar that we did uh, almost a year ago. And it's not even just about those modifications, But in hard times, and I'm not necessarily talking about a pandemic, I'm just talking about when times get a little tough in the business, is who steps up and who steps down, you know, when it comes to your employees? Like, who's stepping up of like, you know, okay, what could we do? How can we help? You know, what what needs to happen? How do we need to change? How do we need to pivot? And there's other people that just completely back into a corner and are just like, no, 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 I, you know, that's not my job. And we have to start acknowledging that because it really comes down to, do you have a team of A players, B players, C players, or worse? And a lot of times we get started in business and we have a set of employees that fit the culture then or fit the business model then. And as you grow and evolve, you have to understand that there are going to be certain people that are not going to grow and evolve with the business. Yes, one of one of my favorite laws that governs the universe, all every aspect of creation is for every action there is an equal and opposite reaction. So when we are growing, the only way we can grow is if we're equal and oppositely losing. So it's I've talked about previous podcasts about literally, you know, the executives, the CEO, the owners to be able to sit back, have, you know, that that thinking time that Dr. Nicole was talking about to be able to intellectually be able to see and create 
the losses that they want to create in order to actually reverse engineer and have the growth that you want to have. So that way we go, we can see the pain points that's going to be there. The goal is to have a team of A players, but sometimes we also confuse A players with all-stars and all-stars are a different caliber than a team of A players. And it's like any team that goes to a championship in sports and is going to win, the team is A players, but you can only have a small percentage of those A players be all-stars that want to step up and have the light shine on them you don't want to have the people that are going into the corner that go from a to b to c that drop down but we need to be able to see possibilities so we can step in and have you know just like in sports we have somebody to come in and, and take their place so it's always about trying to be adaptable and be resilient and be able to set up so many different systems in place to be able to help you to constantly evolve through having very intentional losses uh, like really it's one of my things is talking about like, you know anytime we build up we have to destruct we have to break down so we'll see it in ourselves you know just taking a quick side jump from business to our mental health but anytime that we're living kind of that the big head and we think that, that we're the best uh, we will either have negative self-talk to bring us back down or somebody will come into our life very quickly uh negatively to bring us back down so it's always about you know if you're running a business just like you're running your life it's always about being clear clear-headed uh, and balanced as possible so that you can make those intelligent decisions to serve yourself yeah and just a side note on the the conversation of all stars is you know to be clear on that is you definitely are going to have people on your team that are going to step up in a really big capacity but you have to under you have to always delineate between the person that is stepping up for their own personal gain or stepping up to do what is best for the business and what is best for the customer so there is a a, a very specific thing that you have to consider with that because being humble and and removing as much ego out of your business as possible is one of the only things that's going to allow it to succeed if you have a bunch of individuals that they're they're really functioning um, to do things because it's in their best interest and not necessarily considering what's best for the business. You have a, a kind of a different set of problems on your hands. So making sure to keep that in mind and don't confuse what an A player really is. So another big thing uh, as well is we get very busy in our businesses and we don't always take a, take a step back or take a moment to truly look at the feedback, but also look at the data in relation to what we're offering. And if, if it's a program, if it's a product, and you have to be able to do that because you might be giving a ton of time, attention, and resources to something that is really actually not benefiting your business. And I've also found in our business, we have had many, you know, employees, and especially employees as they're newer to the business, uh, they would come in and make suggestions on, you know, oh, we should run this program. And, you know, we should really have a program that for this population. And, you know, we should have a lower tiered program that is more cost effective for other people. And, you know, they were great suggestions. But the question we always had to come back to is, is this in integrity with the overall mission and why of the company? Or are we going to start moving away from what we know is best in order to, you know, provide an accommodating price point or a, a program that's a, 
uh, an easier entry. And this was a conversation that we had uh, at one of our retreats because we felt like there was a lot of suggestions coming through and being able to actually break down data and analytics to say like, hey, this program is working well. And let me tell you why. This program is not working well. Let me tell you why. But in addition to the suggestions that are being provided is let's lay out a couple of different scenarios. Um, Just because in our brick and mortar functional medicine business, you know, one of the things is that uh, we we do things very uniquely and we know what needs to be done from a diagnostic standpoint to truly, truly get answers. Um, but that price point is, you know, higher than the uh, the average or the industry average. So we had many uh, individuals that would say, oh, it would be great if you had something that was cheaper and maybe it had less. I was like, OK, l- well, let me give you the scenario of what's going to happen because we've been there. We've done it. You bring someone in, okay, it's a more friendly cost uh, bracket for them, and now we exclude out X, Y, and Z tests, and then this individual starts to get frustrated because now they're trying to heal based on their limited diagnostics, but we easily missed things because we didn't do what we know is best, and now they're frustrated, and now they're even more pissed because they're three months in and they've spent X dollars, and they're not getting the results that they expected. So I was like, you have to be true to what you know is best and, you know, and whatever that price point looks like for your business. Because as soon as you start getting away from what you know is best, that's when you start to compromise the experience, the the patient experience. And then that patient experience trickles out into your employees because if you have a bunch of disgruntled patients, customers, clients guess who has to deal with it? Your team. And it always comes back to your why. You know, it's like, why have you created the business? What are you trying to serve? What are you trying to produce? What are you trying to give? You know, it's like you look at Porsche, you know, they're not making Hondas and selling Hondas. It's like they make high quality cars with crazy German machinery Mm -hmm. to go through and give an amazing experience. So it's like, they're not going to cut costs just because they can have a lower price point to be able to allow people to have, you know, a better experience, but not the best experience. Mm -hmm. So it's really about going back to your why and looking at if you want to bring something in, it's like opportunities are a big aspect of evolving, but not every opportunity that you get is going to be in alignment with your business and your why. So it's always being able to not have that emotional like, yes, let's reach more people. We can have a quick high profit, but that short term pleasure is going to create long term pain for you and your business because you're outside of your why. So it's always about being conscious of making the best decisions that's in alignment with the highest values of your business. Mm-hmm. You know, and kind of circling back to the whole topic of this is being able to evolve your business is I was in a coaching program and I felt that the coaching program was always so focused on sales and focused on new customers, new customers, new customers. And things that we have learned from, you know, back when we were in school Uh, which we did not learn a lot of business, by the way. (laughs) But I just remember one thing in particular was a a very um, in-depth Excel spreadsheet. And it was something that we were given uh, by one of our practitioners in order to start to map out the numbers to open a practice. And uh, there was specific section that was all about new patients. What are, you know, what are you going to charge them? What's the, you know, how long do they go through their process to become a new patient, et cetera, et cetera. Okay, this is the income that you would be looking at. 
But then there was a different section about keeping clients. So after they embark on working with you, you know, what does income look like if you were to retain those clients? And it was significantly more opposed to having a a ton of new people coming through your door. So it was always about retention. So the question, you know, that I ask you to really challenge you is, what if you shifted your focus from new customers to just keeping your current customers so happy that their mindset is, why would I ever go somewhere else? And you can sit here and say, oh, they might go somewhere cheaper. But if you're providing the best service, the best product, the best experience, they don't want to go anywhere else. No. And if you take the time to figure out, you know, why they're even purchasing your your product, your service, like that's that's loving them. That's taking the time to understand their needs and why they're coming through. And that's a path. A- big part of evolving is that you're constantly looking at your best clients, their feedback, getting that those data points to make the experience, to make the service of the product on your side constantly better. So it's the big part of evolving is actually listening and hearing the needs and the wants of your best clients. You know, never take advice from somebody that's not a paying customer. That's the dumbest idea ever. So it's it's about getting foundationally clear, you know, back into always jumping back into your why, what's most valuable to you, to the business, and then growing on top of that. So that's 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 when evolution uh, becomes really like a game. It becomes a lot of fun. Uh, it doesn't become so stressful that you know it's it's a deadline that I have to have to achieve this. It's more of look what I get to do, and and that's when evolution occurs at a lot faster rate. And you know, going back to our, our slogan and our theme and, and something that I feel like has been on repeat is it's not always about what you do, but how you do it. So, you know, giving you guys an example here is think about your your own experience with going out to dinner and imagine going to a place that is so known, you know, for having one of the best chefs in the city or, um, you know, some of the best food in, you know, in the industry. So you have this amazing meal with, you know, top quality food, but your waiter is terrible. So you're not going to walk away from that experience saying, yeah, it was actually really good. You know, our waiter kind of sucked, but like, yeah, it was was good. I'll go back. You're not going to go back. The food could have been absolutely amazing. And the entire kitchen staff was holding up their end of the bargain. But you had a waiter that was having a bad day. And if anything that is going to trump the negative experience because there's a lot of people that were like, you know what? The food was mediocre, but we had such a good experience and our waiter went above and beyond. We made small talk. He made jokes. You know, it was, we literally just had so much fun that like I would a hundred percent go back. So you have to really always keep in mind your your client experience because if you go into business with the idea of how can I maximize the client experience, then all the little things that happen on a day-to-day, because yes, things happen. You forget things. You forgot to follow up. The email didn't go through. The Zoom link didn't work. And all of those things are going to dissipate and never be a make make or break for your client because your client knows that 
you have all of the other areas covered and you're always doing what's best for them with integrity. So wrapping this up, I, <laughs> I want to pick Dr. Nicole's brain on one more aspect of evolution. So we've looked at evolution, I'd say more microscopically so far, but looking at the bigger picture is that when we're going to evolve a business, we can only evolve the business as much as our container. Uh, can hold honestly it's like we can't grow a business bigger than we can grow ourselves mm. so when we look at that that's a it's looking at evolution in a slightly different way because sometimes we're constantly putting you know trying to put so much uh, focus on the fuel but really all we need to do is take the brakes off of our own personal lives to allow not only ourselves but our businesses to really flourish and start evolving mm -hmm. so would you want to talk a little bit about that I'm kind of almost like where to start <laughs> just because I 100% agree because I know that there we, were we've, many... We've broken through many glass ceilings. Yes. there There's been many times that... It, like I just felt like a like a problem solver. Like it's funny because we have this saying of like, "Are you the chief problem solver in your business?" Like you know, you're supposed to be the CEO of your business, and you know, helping to be that visionary and and execute and and be a leader and grow the leaders underneath you. And I just felt like there were so many periods of time that I was literally just running around putting out fires, which is the worst feeling ever. But it's also because I was not putting any time into myself to be a better leader because I was stuck in the day-to-day -day operations. And I think that this is this is the biggest thing that has come out of the pandemic for us. And this is how we've been able to get the Institute off the ground. This is how we've been able to double our revenue in our business. We are currently in South Carolina. We've been here for over a month. Our business is doing better <laughs> without us being there. And like we are growing tremendously as leaders. And this feels so good than just saying like, oh, the business makes money. And that happened because the pandemic the business was doing fine, but there were so many questions that we had to ask ourselves because what happened was most of our employee employees um, stayed home because they were, you know, they were scared. I totally get it. They didn't want to bring the virus home to family, friends, relatives, etc. So Nick, myself and Dr. Phil like buckled down and continued to see the same amount of volume in the business with 13 less employees. And it was just a, a moment that I was like, we are employees for our business. We are not business owners. We are employees. And we literally are in a toxic relationship with our business. <laughs> we are not leading anyone because we don't have time to. And we are not even allowing our team to meet their maximum potential because we have to have our hand in everything and we might not micromanage, but like nobody had the authority to make a decision without bringing it to Nick or I. And we just made this very, very bold decision to say we're done. Like we're going to truly run our business and be leaders and be visionaries and to evolve ourselves. And even Nick was like scared because I remember I looked at him and I was like, I can't do this anymore. I cannot run or have this business run like this for one more day. And I said, the only way that I can truly be the CEO is if I 
literally cut my schedule by two thirds. And he was like, oh, gosh. I was looking at numbers, not service. Yeah. And, and, and I was scared. Uh, yeah. And and so, guys, like, don't look at us and say, like, wow, like, look at all these things you've been able to do. Like, there has been moments of being very scared. There have been things that we have done that haven't worked. There have been things that have worked. But you have to understand is you have to have a process and you have to have a mentor. Because the reason we were able to do this is through the scaling up methodologies. Hence, I'm so passionate about it that I've become a scaling up coach. And now this is something that we're like living and breathing it. It has completely transformed our business and it has now transformed many businesses that have worked with us through the Institute. So this is something that, you know, you can't just wing it. You can't just, you know, figure it out or or manifest or put your feet in the sand and it'll come to you like it, yes there there's aspects of you know manifestation there's aspects of thinking time there's aspects of like getting grounded but there's aspects of like using methodologies that actually work oh 100% and i think what allowed us to go through the process so smoothly honestly i mean don't get me wrong there's like highs and lows oh, to yeah. it but when i when you look at it through you know a bird's eye view it was so smooth because we had this the systems of scaling up which really is you know tried and true results every single huge business um, in the world uses concepts of the scaling up but at the same time looking at that if the individual's container isn't big enough it doesn't matter if you have the best tools of the best. Mm -hmm. So it's about also going through and restructuring, you know, breaking down those glass ceilings, those limiting beliefs, uh, every single, you know, aspect that's not allowing yourself to be able to quote unquote, be more. It's the only way you can lead other people. Like, and, and that's something that you have to understand is that it is your job as the CEO and the business owner to be the best that you can be and give yourself the time to grow, think, clear your mind and, and continue to evolve yourself as a leader because it is your job to lead. Don't think like, oh, I'm just going to spend the money. I'm going to have the really, you know, high paid um, COO come in and, you know, they're an adult. They have a lot of experience in their industry and, you know, I don't need to babysit them. I'm doing air quotes right now. No, that that is a shit mindset. You need to understand that it is your job as the business owner and the CEO. You might not be calling yourself the CEO, but you need to be the CEO of your business. And when I read Keith Cunningham's book and he said the five things you cannot delegate as a CEO, I cried because I was like, I'm not doing any of that. And I'm expecting this business to work and I'm not doing any of it. And then I'm getting upset when things are not working out or things are not getting where they should be. And I'm putting these things on other people that it is not their job. It is not their job to be the visionary of the company. It is not their job to be the leader of the boat, the leader of all of it. Like I have, I now have leaders underneath me, but I'm their leader and that is my job. And there's no way that I could do that if I was just running around with my head cut off, hamster on the wheel, don't sleep, eat like shit, and like don't read a book or don't do anything to preserve myself. So if you're that person that your cup is, I don't even want to say half empty, like it's like empty because I, I know that many of you are in that place of just being like so unbelievably taxed that your business is not going to move ahead and you are not going to be resilient to be a company that's going to 
potentially even outlive yourself or or even live past the next decade. Oh, 100%. And, you know, one of the best things that I think that allowed us to do that is that human behavior uh, part of, you know, just the Demartini method and all the other methods uh, that I use into helping literally grow your mindset. So as we grow the mindset, we can allow, you know, to be able to make different choices because if until we change our beliefs on how we run ourselves, we can't make a change and we can, you, we can make a short-term change like a diet, but as soon as, you know, that diet's over, we go back to our old unhealthy habits. So it's really about first changing our belief systems that create and dictate all of our life uh, decisions, choices, and actions to be able to make better clear decisions that's congruent with the values the purpose the why of the business as well as myself and then using very intelligent systems through scaling up it's that's just i think a match made in heaven but also too it's the you know the integrative medicine piece too and this is something that we are very passionate about you know bringing into the coaching space is because you know, for myself personally, you know, doing a lot of the human behavior work with you, like I almost did it in tears because I didn't think that my, I didn't feel that my mind was strong enough to do, you know, the deeper work early on. And part of it was because of what was happening, like from a physiological perspective, like I ended up having a lot of things that I didn't know. I had a lot of gastrointestinal issues. I had a lot of um, neurotransmitter imbalances. I was literally running on fumes because I was running on adrenaline for so many years between working in the restaurant industry. School was, you know, school was like probably one of the most unhealthy things ever. <laughs> literally going to school 12 hours a day, then going into clinic and everything else. But there was just so much that was depleted in my body that was not really allowing me to to function at my best, which, you know, kind of like working on those layers, like that was layer number one, and then working on, you know, the mindset, the human behavior piece. And like all of those steps then brought us to the scaling up methodology, which at that time when it finally came into our lives, we were we were ready for it. Um, so I think that that's huge is being able to understand that every single one of you are very different and your starting place is probably different than ours, as well as, you know, your friend who runs a business and it's really figuring out like, where are the kinks in the chain for you that are making the biggest impact on your business? And, you know, what do you, what do we need to do to build that stronger foundation to then build upon that foundation? And that's what's really cool about when we work with people is we're taking you through this diagnostic process through with yourself as the CEO, as the business owner. But we're also taking your, you know, your leadership team, your management team, even if it's a small team, taking them through like rigorous assessments to really understand like, OK, what do you not see in your business? What are the blind spots? And, you know, where where are the cracks in the foundation so that we could really, really help to repair that. Yeah, it's I mean when you're making huge changes like this and going in and setting up all those new systems, that's a lot of energy um output. You know, anytime you make a change, it's you're you're using up more energy than quote unquote when you are comfortable. So it's really about not what you do, but how you do it. So set up your life so you can have more energy, so you can give more energy. A hundred percent. 
All right, guys. Well, we hope you enjoyed this episode. Um, obviously, you could tell we're, we're very passionate about it because it's really just being able to have a business that you love and also to make sure that you are not completely sacrificing your personal life, your personal values in order to have this business. Because you could easily say to yourself, oh, well, you know, I'm going to work my butt off for three years, four years, five years, and then I'll get to this point and I'll, things will change. I will tell you is it's it's not how it works. You have to be extremely clear, extremely intentional, and you have to take those action steps to to get there. Um, so definitely check out the Integrative Growth Institute if you're looking for more information. If you want to hop on a call with one of our coaches, uh, we welcome you to do that. And uh, we hope to see you on the next episode. Love you guys. You've reached the end of another episode of the Integrative Entrepreneur Podcast. Connect with us at integrativegrowthinstitute.com. Don't forget to sign up to our newsletter to receive our free materials. See you at the next episode. If you love today's episode of Integrative Entrepreneur Podcast, please head over to iTunes, subscribe, rate, and leave us a review. It is very much appreciated. Thank you. Thank you.